The Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, once again today, we have another short scene in this very kind of slow and methodical walk we're taking through just the first chapter of Mark. Jesus enters now after he's called his disciples. Last week we heard that story of the first four disciples being called. Um, after that, he seems to immediately, it's always immediately with, with Mark, he's in a rush always. But he comes into the city of Capernaum, which will be kind of uh, a sort of base camp for Jesus and his disciples. You sometimes hear about the house in Capernaum, that maybe that's Peter's house, maybe that's Jesus' house. We don't know. But, but anyway, there's, it's kind of this base camp place. A lot's going to happen here. And on this particular day, and a lot like this place, it's on the Sabbath, a holy day. Saturday for our Jewish brothers and sisters, so it would have been yesterday, but, and they're in this local synagogue in Capernaum, a place of gathering for worship, just very much like we gather here for worship in this place. Around the Gospels, we have stories of Jesus entering places like this, and oftentimes he's teaching like we hear in Mark's Gospel for today, but usually it's a reference to some scripture passage, the prophet Isaiah, where he reads it and then he sits down and today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, things like that. But here, however, we don't have a reference to any particular scripture. It seems as if Jesus is just speaking a direct word from God as if scripture is being written from his mouth to their ears. Now, whether he has read something from the Torah, whether someone else has read from the Torah, the prophets, or some other teaching, it seems as if the focus here is on Jesus' authority. We hear that there is an authority that seems to come from him, from his word. Unlike teachers of the law who might reference other rabbis or other authorities, or who may present kind of multiple teachings, that was the practice sometimes, multiple teachings of men. Jesus speaks this authoritative and this direct word from God, amazing all those who hear. It says they were astounded at his teaching and his authority. I wonder if, like me, though, this is one of those places in Scripture where you're like, okay, it was an astounding word. What did he say, Mark? Why didn't you write it down? That's what I want to read. That's what I want to hear. 
Well, I don't know, but perhaps the ones who were gathered there that day had kind of the same feeling because they get, they get interrupted. They're lost in the wonder of the Word made flesh, giving this direct Word from God to them. And in the midst of that, they're interrupted by someone in their midst with an unclean spirit. In fact, it's kind of a plural. It's unclean spirits that speak out to Jesus in our reading today. This spirit challenges Jesus, challenges kind of the whole basis of of the good news that God has come to us in the flesh, that God has, as we hear on, on Christmas Eve, has moved into the neighborhood. And apparently, this collection of demons, it's as if the whole company of hell has come to confront Jesus and say, this is our place. What are you doing here? This is our stomping grounds. Get out of here. We know you're here to destroy us. And Jesus casts the demon out, casts the unclean spirit out of him. Be silent. We hear Jesus say that a lot in Mark's gospel. It's kind of a secret that he's here. He's not ready for everyone to know who he truly is as the Messiah, as the Son of God. And in fact, in the entirety of the gospel of Mark, no one ever gets who Jesus is truly. We get a little bit from, uh, from Peter for just a hot second before he completely messes it up. But it's, it's only the demons, the unclean spirits, who recognize Jesus. And then at the very end of the gospel, spoiler alert, there's one soldier, a Roman, who recognizes who Jesus is. Nobody else gets it. It's kind of a secret throughout. So Jesus' first words to him is, Be silent. But it's not just to keep that secret, it's also to cut off this this untrue word that comes from this unclean spirit. You cannot stand next to my authority, says Jesus. Get out. Get out of him and get out of here. This is no longer your place. I had a seminary friend who told me a story I could hardly believe. And I think we get kind of focused on, whoa, this is a, you know, this is a casting out of demons. This is the stuff of movies and, and of, you know, kind of lore. Well, I could hardly believe his story. He, I won't go into the, all the details of it, but he encountered, he said, a woman one time who seemed, she came to, to the church to, to see him, and, and he said there seemed to be something going on more than just kind of mental health issues or situation of life or things like that. And as he tells it, Before he knew it, he felt as if he was confronting face-to-face an evil spirit that had possessed her. And after some consultation with others, he found himself equipped with not much more, not much other than the authority of Christ. And he entered into this household with some family members into a confrontation with what he could only describe as demonic. Like I say, it's kind of the stuff of movies. And I don't know if you've noticed, but in our increasingly kind of rational and scientific culture, there have been kind of a spur of of movies of the supernatural, of encounters like this. And I've certainly heard other stories from people who have said, you know, I've I've been in a situation where I've heard a voice that's, that's tried to lead me astray. Or they've just had an experience that has been very hard to explain with simple rationale or kind of the things that we as humans understand. 
But I think there's more in this story than just the things that might make for good television or movies or great stories that someone might tell us as a friend in secret. There is a mission of Jesus at the beginning of this chapter of Mark that I think speaks into our everyday lives and into the life of the world. And we'll encounter this again and again in the Gospel of Mark. When the disciples are sent out in, in, in Mark's account, you know, when they're, when they're sent out, Jesus says, hey, you go out and you do this, you know, you do this mission, you do this kingdom work. When Jesus specifically, it says, gives them power over unclean spirits. Nothing really else is said about what he gives them as they go out, but power over unclean spirits. And I don't think this is just about them you know, kind of writing more kind of epic exorcism stories that we, that again, are kind of worthy of, of the silver screen or whatever it might be. When Jesus casts out demons or unclean spirits, as we hear throughout Mark, it's often like a healing story. We kind of, we'll hear one here in a, in a couple of weeks, but a restoration of an individual back to their community, a casting out of this, of this illness of the spiritual and we'll see those as we go along in Mark's gospel. But here in this story, it's a little bit different. A collection of the unclean seems to come out of nowhere. The person who carries them is unidentified and, and seems to come out of nowhere. In fact, it seems like it could have been anybody in that synagogue. We don't get any backstory or any restoration story. We don't get anybody coming and saying, hey, Jesus, can you help over here? I think this story is less of a healing and more, especially of an individual, and more of a sign of the cosmic battle that God is initiating in Jesus Christ as he takes on flesh and moves into our neighborhood. And that has an extraordinary impact, an extraordinary power that goes far beyond this cool story that happened once upon a time a long time ago. Something that doesn't really happen anymore, except in these extreme, rare cases. I would like you today to let this word from Mark sink in, this word from Jesus sink in. To repeat it over and over, maybe in your daily life. Put it on your mirror and wake up and, and see this, this truth, this claim, this cosmic and very real everyday claim that Jesus makes. Jesus has authority over unclean spirits. Say it with me. Jesus has authority over unclean spirits. Say it a little louder. Jesus has authority over unclean spirits. A couple of weeks ago, we celebrated the life and work of Martin Luther King Jr., and I wonder how much he must have clung to that promise, to those words of Jesus, to that authority of Jesus, as he relied not on his own power, not even on the collective power of the people, but on the authority of Jesus to cast out the filth of racism and its demonic impact in society. To see himself privileged to join that work, to see the truth of Christ's claim on this world apart from the voices of lies and the father of lies. Wow. And while I don't have an, a story of, uh, of an exorcism like my seminary classmate, I have seen the power and authority of God's work 
of God's word to release a young person from the unclean spirit of perfection. I have seen Christ cast out the demons that whisper fear and doubt about our worth, that cry against the voice of heaven, the voice of truth that calls us beloved. I have seen young people talk about the the demons that swirl around of, of of, for example, of popularity that swirl around and, and try to tempt them and try to draw them in to, to, to kind of the, the shortest distance to popularity, right, is to, is to cast others down, to, to, to be, um, to speak, you know, those demonic words to others that, yeah, I don't want to be with you anymore or I don't want to be friends with you anymore because I'm, I'm looking up and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for this and I'm going to go for that. These, these words that, and, they, and to stay true to who they are. And to, and to exemplify that in their own lives. I've seen the power of God's word. The power of community that, that helps them and strengthens them and gives them an identity beyond this kind of crawling and climbing and seeking after power that eventually leads to a fall. We talk about struggling with our own demons. We all have them. And we seek so often to cast them out by ourselves. If you don't believe me, take a look at the largest section of a bookstore, as much as those exist anymore in real life. Or notice what has come across your social media feed in the new year. Now, I'm not belittling these, these things. I'm just saying that the authority to truly cast out belongs outside of us or outside of just the human word. I think it's powerful in groups like AA or NA, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, that there is a recognition that there is a power greater than ourselves. There is one who has the power and the authority to cast out the untruth, has the power and authority to lead us into battle and to conquer things especially that we cannot conquer on our own. I had someone one time talking about prostate cancer, and they kept mispronouncing it. They kept calling it prostrate cancer. And I couldn't help as I was listening to them, and certainly with what they were going through, in the back of my mind think, that's not an untrue word either. I think we collectively as a society have prostrate cancer, of bowing before God, of recognizing the power and authority not just because God needs that or wants that, but because it is the only way through the battles of life. To recognize and to name the evil in our hearts and in our world is an important step. And, and to think and to understand that uh, God's Spirit is the one that has the power to overcome in the cosmic And in the everyday, Christ comes with power and authority, making us whole again. So we can say again and again to this world, to the things that overpower us, to the the powers of this world that we cannot comprehend sometimes or we cannot overcome, we can say and claim once again. What was it we were going to say? Jesus has authority over unclean spirits. Say it with me together. Jesus has authority 
over unclean spirits in the cosmic and the everyday. Thanks be to God. Amen.